Hi, everyone. I'm Kelly. I'm Thomas III. And we're them damn Indians from Talk Jive Radio. This is a brand new format for us in our Sunday social show. And so we wanted to make sure that we had a very special guest, um, one that, of course, pushes forward our Native issues and those things that we find important to talk about here. And so I'd like to introduce you to Mr. David Deer. How are you today, David? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me today. Now, um, if, if you haven't seen David or if you haven't heard his story, David is the young man that was, were you arrested or were you detained at the, at the hospital for praying for your father? Um, I was actually uh, removed from the hospital uh, with uh, uh, threats of uh, false allegations of arrest, um, basically saying I was being disorderly and uh, being uh Disturbing the peace was the other allegation. Um, now let's let's let, if you would start your story from the beginning because this is I feel like this is an issue that's probably pervasive in Indian country and I'm sure it's probably happened to a lot of our fellow natives. So if you would sir uh, share your story with us. Uh, yes, uh, my dad uh, he was uh, hospitalized with COVID. Um, I believe it was November 23rd, um, and. Uh, so uh, he had been in the hospital for about a week and uh, uh, I had been going up uh, to the hospital um, every day. Um, they had two uh, visitation uh, time slots, one in the morning from uh, 10 to 12 and the other one uh, in the afternoon from three to five. And so um, I was up there uh, daily um, praying uh, for my dad um, and um, uh, in my prayers, I also burned cedar for him and um, offered that up as well. And, uh, and uh, it, it uh, was something I did uh, uh, every day, uh, you know, and at each time I would make sure I was there to uh, pray and just be there to comfort and, and uh, uh, just let him know he was loved and, uh, you know, give him a reason uh, of hope to continue his fight. And so uh, I had done this for over a week. And then um, on a Monday, November the 30th, um, as I was in my car, um, I park and uh, I prepare my cedar and uh, I start speaking uh, life and healing into it and, uh, you know, getting it prepared uh, to light and uh, uh, send up to my, for my dad. And um, I was approached by a uh, security guard um, and he came up and knocked on my window and uh, I'm in a deep prayer and uh, actually didn't even really hear it. And uh, when I turned around to get out, I see the security guard at my window and he's uh, uh, kind of hostile, just has his hands up and like uh, lunging at my window. And then he tells me to roll the window down. So I roll the window down and uh, he's like, what's going on? And I'm like, you tell me what's going on. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> like, you know, I'm here to pray for my dad. And, uh, and I told him, uh, you know, I was like, well, you see what I'm doing. And so he's like, uh, it's out of nowhere. He's like, you need to leave. And I'm like, uh, I'm like, man, you know, this guy has seen me there for a whole week. They patrol around the hospital. So they see me at the window praying, smudging. Um, and so he knew what I was doing, but I guess that day, I don't know, he came to work with a bad, uh, having a bad day or something. And I felt the need to take it out on me. I don't know, but um, I was there with good intentions uh, to pray for my dad, to pray for the hospital, uh, to pray for the people in the hospital. 
And so um, it just baffled me. And uh, his hostility was, uh, uh, it was just very, his demeanor was very angry. And so uh, uh, he started threatening me and uh, he told me I needed to leave and then started threatening me with the rest. And uh, I just told him, uh, I, I thought he didn't have the authority to arrest me and I had committed no crime. And so uh, uh, he said, well, I'm gonna call the police. And I said, well, if you feel like I did anything wrong, I said, and you feel the need to call the police. I said, go ahead and do that. I said, I'm gonna walk over to my dad's window. I said, and pray for him like I've done every day, which you've seen. And so uh, I made my way over to my dad's window, uh, began praying um, and, uh, and uh, getting into worship with uh, with God, and uh, uh, and uh, next thing you know, uh, I hear these officers yelling. Um, a few moment, few minutes later, and uh, it's the light horsemen police, and they're approaching me, and uh, they're pretty hostile, and pointing and yelling at me, and telling me I gotta leave, and uh, I, I'm like, okay, so uh, I approach them, and they're like, we've got a complaint. Uh, called in from the hospital and I'm like for what and uh, they don't tell me what the complaint is they just tell me I have to leave the premises or I'm going to jail and so I, I, I walk to the car and my brother arrives and uh, I tell him what's going on and he goes and talks to the police and uh, so I'm just waiting at my car and uh, I get to my phone so I start Facebook living and uh and so after they finished talking to my brother, they come over to the car and uh, basically approach me. Um, um, I asked for badge numbers and uh, asked the officers to identify uh, themselves and everyone that was at the scene. Uh, got a little uh, 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 refusal on some of that. And, uh, and then the officers started uh, making their allegations that I was being disorderly and uh, and also that there was, I guess, a uh, noise complaint called in against me as uh, why they had arrived, which didn't make no sense. And uh, so uh, anyhow, uh, um, I was asked to leave. And uh, once they started threatening me with, uh, with uh, disorderly conduct, the two officers started talking back and forth. Well, is he being disorderly? And I was like, oh, no, it's time to go, you know, when... Uh, when they start uh, making up these types of allegations, they just to throw you in jail for something. So uh, I, I knew it was time to get out of there. And uh, uh, I wanted, I didn't want to go to jail. Uh, I wasn't afraid to go to jail, uh, but you know, my dad needed me at the time. So uh, I felt it was important to just uh, step away, uh, regroup and then come back at the later session. So uh, that was the 10 o'clock incident that happened. And so um, I went across the street to the Oklahoma Blood Institute, sat there, uh, immediately got on the email, started emailing people, letting them know what happened. And uh, then I made some calls and uh, I called the light horse police and uh, I finally got a hold of, uh, got to speak to their captain and uh, he gets on the phone and uh, immediately it was just pointing fingers at me, uh, you know, blaming me for the incident. Uh, which I knew was going to happen. I mean, I've I've made police contact before and things like that, and um, it's just it's just how it goes for natives these days. And uh, uh, so it was just surprising that uh, you know our, our tribal police that are supposed to be protecting us natives are uh, you know they they came at me like that. And uh, 
um, I, I felt harassed and uh, didn't feel safe at all. So I contacted the, uh, got in contact with the captain and uh, he tells me, yeah, I got a report from the, uh, from the hospital and uh, everything he was saying uh, just, just didn't make sense uh, about who called in, who made the report, what the report was. And I was like, hey, this, I was like, I was there, you know, this, uh, you know, it, it just didn't line up. And so then he says, oh, well, uh, he changes his story and says he got the report from his officers. And I'm like, well, did you get it from the hospital or did you get it from the officers? I'm like, you're already changing your story. I'm like this, I'm like lying about it is not going to help nobody. You know, let's, let's, let's fix the situation and, uh, you know, correct this for it gets out of control. And, uh, you know, my main concern was uh, my safety and uh, basically the safety of, of uh, anybody else that visited the hospital. Um, and uh, just uh, that was my main concern. And so I just didn't want it to happen to anybody else. Um, the week before this happened, I witnessed uh, Light Horse Police harassing another family and actually removed some of them. And I mean, these people are there just to uh, uh, you know, comfort and, uh, you know, help their, help their loved ones. I mean, they're behind a glass in a room by themselves, you know, fighting for their lives, you know, alone and, you know, they're scared and, you know, they got anxiety and all hooked up to all these machines. And, uh, you know, they need, they need, uh, their families, you know, they need that love and support, you know, to help get them through it. And, you know, I witnessed the police, uh, just removing people and, uh, something told me, hey, you're going to be next at some point. And, uh, and uh, you know, it was that Monday on November 30th, uh, I was approached, but I had it in my mind, hey, uh, you know, this is, to me, something just told me, hey, this has been happening to other Indians. And uh, if it happens to you, you need to take a stand. And so uh, I felt like I had to take a stand and, uh, uh, you know, uh, just let this be known and uh, let people know what happened and let people know it wasn't right. And so, uh, and so uh, after I got off the phone with the uh, captain, um, we really got nowhere. Um, and so, but he did tell me, I, I kept asking him who called, who made this call? And uh, um, he finally tells me it was the hospital administration. And so I get off the phone with him because uh, he's just lying and wanting to point fingers. I'm like, we're getting nowhere. So I call hospital administration and they direct me, uh, they, they patch me through. And the first person to get on the phone is a, uh, is a male individual. And um, I'm like, I need to talk to the uh, person that called the, uh, that called the uh, police on me this morning. And he was like, he's like, oh, that's me. And I said, well, what's your name? And he says, Jimmy Tigner. And, he, and I was like, okay, I got your name. I said, I'm going to file a complaint on you. I said, for uh, calling the police on me for no reason. I said, uh, um, I asked him if he was native and uh, he said he was not uh, enrolled in any tribe. And I said, okay. I said, well, I said, I said you don't know uh, uh, what the uh, consequences of your actions did today. I said, you almost got an innocent uh, native thrown in jail I said, and he's just here to visit his dad. And, uh, and so the guy starts boasting. He's like, yeah, well, he says, I got, I got all power and authority uh, to uh, uh, take away you and your dad's rights at any time. And so, uh, and uh, you know, he's laughing about it. And he's like, 
And I said, well, I'm filing a complaint. And he says, well, it's whatever. And I said, oh, it's whatever, huh? I said, you about get a, a, a native locked up for no reason. I said, we're already incarcerated at a high rate. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I was like, and so I said, you, you, you want to take a, a, a person away from a, his a family member that's in there dying. I said, and then you want to act like you're in there holding them hostage and so, uh, you know, that really upset me. Uh, it did a lot of things to me emotionally. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm trying to deal with my dad uh, at the same time, you know, he's in there fighting for his life. So it, it really angered me um, that he would, you know, say he has power and authority to do, you know, all this stuff and, uh, you know, basically holding people hostage in there. And so, uh, and so I said, okay, I said, we're going to, I said, I'm going to test your power and your authority. I said, I'm going to be up there at three o'clock at my dad's window. I said, if you think, I said, you think you can do all this? I said, I'll be up there at three. I said, you know where to find me. I said, uh, if you feel you, you need, you think you can re remove me? I said, I said, I'll be there. And so I pull up at three o'clock and, uh, I pull up at three o'clock to the hospital and, uh, go to the front and let them know I'm there. And then they take you to, they tell you to go to the back and uh, find, you just find your, uh, your loved one's room. And, you know, you, you just, that's your visit is through a window outside. And so, uh, and so uh, I'm, I'm doing my normal routine of, uh, you know, getting my cedar ready and uh, just uh, speaking life and everything into it again. And, uh, I hear a uh, security guard approach me. So I, I'm like, okay, I need to get my video ready. And so I, I start recording and the office, the security guard comes up and uh, he requests that I sign in. And, uh, and uh, he tells me after I sign in, nobody's gonna harass me. And so I'm like, okay, you know, I, I, I'm like, okay, yeah, it's, you know, for my safety and everything. And I asked him, I said, well, is this a, a new uh, policy because you know never done this before and he says yeah this was just implemented so apparently they didn't even have a policy in place you know for uh, visitations or anything like that and uh, so uh, he he signs me in and affirms me that uh, affirms to me that no one will come back there and bother me so I'm like okay you know I can finally you know do what I got to do in peace and uh and so I'm uh, getting ready again and I start talking, I keep the camera rolling and I start talking to Facebook viewers. I had Facebook viewers start popping up. So I start explaining to them what happened, what transpired that morning. A lot of them had already seen the other Facebook live video, but I just kind of wanted to document it and, uh, uh, you know, let for my documentation. And uh, uh, so I started talking about what happened. And um, as I'm as crazy as I'm talking about Mr. Tigner and his phone call, um, I see these uh, figures, shadow figures approach from the left and uh, they're just standing there and I finish talking uh, to my audience and I look over and it's uh, Mr. Tigner and he's escorted with a armed uh, light horseman police officer. And so uh, Mr. Tigner uh, says uh, he just wants to, uh, come out and meet me face to face uh, for what reason, I don't know. And, uh, and so, um, you know, I, I tell Mr. Tigner or then he requests that I turn the camera off and I'm like, I'm not turning the camera off. 
And so he says, okay, we're done. I said, yes, sir, we're done. I said, we've been done. I said, since we were on the phone and you threatened me and my father to take away our uh, visitation rights, I said, we were done then. I said, uh, and uh, so I started uh, just rebuking them, telling them to leave and uh, quit harassing me. And so uh, uh, before he leaves, I, I light my cedar and, uh, Cause it's so windy out there you can't you can't light it unless you you're in the car or you have good blockage from from the wind so i always lit it in the car and then walked over and i would actually uh just go ahead and start uh just cedaring everybody's windows as i walked by and you know giving them a good blessing and uh i just became part of my daily habit there and so uh mr tigner sees me burning he don't even know what i'm burning and he says you can't burn that stuff it's illegal and I'm like, what, what are you talking about? And uh, I was like, you talking about this cedar? And he's like, yeah, it's illegal. And, uh, and then he's, uh, I asked him if he was Indian again and he said, no. And I was like, well, you don't know about these ways, man, or this culture, like, like you don't know what you're talking about. And uh, he, his, his response was, you know, I know that's not a Chickasaw way. And I'm like, man, this guy, you know, speaking for, for the <laughs> because Chickasaw. Because we all have to be Chickasaw to pray yeah. with Cedar. <laughs> yeah. So, it, you know, it, it, it was just baffling to me. I'm like, okay, this guy. Uh, so your so, father was at a Chickasaw facility then. Now, now you're absentee Shawnee and Second Fox. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. And but so. This, this uh, is probably an IHS facility that he's at, right? Yeah, it's an IHS facility, so they accept uh, all uh, uh, tribal nations there. Right. So this this jackass is a government employee. Yeah, yeah, he is a, a non-native employee at that, and uh, you know, trying to tell us, you know, how we're supposed to pray and things like that, and uh, you know, really upset me. And you're so a better man than me, because I, I <laughs> I'm sorry, I think we might have got physical at some point. I, I, yeah, oh, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there there would have been bail money involved if it was you. There would have been tasers um, involved. Now, normally that's me too, but my dad's in the hospital and he, he he's looking for me to be at his window every day, you know. And so that's that was my only that's the only thing that really saved Mr. Tigner that day. Like um, I really wasn't afraid of no police, like none of that. It's just being there for my dad was my only. What, what happened with uh, Tigner? Did he end up? Uh, is he still on the job? Or uh, Tigner is currently still employed. I called. Uh, I called uh, about a week ago, uh, just to see if he was still there, and uh, he he was still on the job working, like nothing ever happened. And so uh, uh, after. After Tigner and the officer went inside, I go to my dad's window. And I'm I'm praying, and uh, I wish I would have had my camera on still, but I didn't. I just turned it off because I wanted, you know, some some personal time with me and my dad. Well, the lady comes back out without Tigner, and approaches me, and tells me, while I'm praying, hey, you need to put that cedar out. She was like, or you can leave or you can go to jail. She gave me three options and those were my options. And I'm like, I'm like, uh, okay. I was like, hold on one second. I said, let me pull my camera out. I said, and uh, get you on camera saying this. She's like, no, you do it right now or go to jail and starts reaching for the handcuffs. So I'm like, man, and my, we're right in front of my dad's window. And you know, I don't want my dad seeing, seeing this. So I just grabbed my cedar thinking about my dad, grab my shell, my cedar and, uh, I take it to the car 
and uh, uh, take it to the car. And I come back and, uh, uh, you know, trying to pray. And man, there's just all these uh, light horsemen. They're driving around in circles. Uh, some of them are in the hospital. They go in the hospital and they're all looking out these uh, different windows in the hospital, just watching me like the whole time. Like, and all I'm doing is praying. And so, you know, uh, you know, I went up to the windows. I was like, you guys know what I'm doing. You see me here all week. Like, uh, it, it just baffled me, you know, that uh, our own tribal police, you know, that are, that are uh, put in place to serve and protect us, you know, specifically us would be out there harassing and violating my rights. And so- Now, are they, non, are they non-native? officers or are they native officers are they tribal members of, of whatever I, I tribe i couldn't tell you that um i've tried to investigate and uh figure that out myself and uh, uh cannot figure that out the lady the lady that did uh that did tell me uh to uh put the cedar away or get arrested uh that was with mr tigner she claimed she was chickasaw but i mean to me to me, Indians don't act that way to other Indians. So I was like, well, and, and we know when each other's praying. Like that's yeah. a, isn't that a universal thing that when yeah. natives pray? The, I mean, yeah. isn't it? Y'all tell me. And there's yeah. a there's a lot more to being Indian than having a just having a card. You know, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a way of life, and that's, <laughs> exactly. that's what these people don't understand. And and a lot of these, it's a problem that we get with a lot of these civilized tribes. When you when you put it to a point where anybody that has any descendancy is going to get a card and is on your tribal road, then there's a lot of those people that don't live this Indian way of life and haven't for a long time. Yeah. I mean, let's, let's be honest, those civilized tribes, they, they made contact with Europeans in the 1500s. They, mm -hmm. they, you know, that changes a lot quicker than a lot of us, you know, on the Western side of Oklahoma, we're, we're three generations off the plains. So, you know, it's yeah. a little different, but yeah. So it it uh to me the the you know we could have got past all this um and uh you know I went to the Chickasaw Nation uh as a man you know what I'm saying trying to work this out as a man the right way in a good way um you know I don't I didn't want any negative energy over that uh, hospital because you know there's people in there fighting. Uh, you know, for their lives. And, uh, you know, there's good workers in there, you know, helping our Indian people, but there's also bad workers in there that, uh, you know, are doing things like this to our Indian people and they're getting away with it. And so, uh, you know, I went and uh, I tried to file a complaint with the police and that's where things got scary for me was because I went to the Light Horse Police asking for complaint forms and they didn't even have complaint forms over there. So, uh, you know what I'm saying? It, it tells, it just raised the red flag to me that, uh, you know, these, these tribal police, they're arrogant um, and uh, bold and, uh, you know, think that they can mistreat our native people. And then when we try to go in and, uh, you know, uh, use our voice, you know, to stand up for ourselves, we can't even do that because there's not even a complaint form. And so uh, that, raised, that raised the flag to me and I was like, man, this, if this happened to me, you know, how many other natives did this happen to? And that just got swept under the rug. And so- uh, You can tell like these, the very, these, these kind of things are systemic problems. You know yes, what I mean? They are. This is something that's deep in the, in the system. You know what I mean? And, and yeah. 
it sounds like you've got some uh, you've got some legal options, but yeah. And then I, I uh, you know, two officers came out because I, I wouldn't leave until they give me a complaint form. Uh, they try to give me a uh, voluntary statement form. I'm like, I'm not writing a voluntary statement. I'm writing a complaint. I was like, all you got to do is change the heading on it. I said, make it a complaint form. I said, then I'll take it and write my complaint. But, you know, they, they wouldn't do that. And so then two officers came out and, uh, you know, started talking to me. I was like, hey, uh, I need you to identify this uh, female officer. I showed them the whole video. They watched it. And I was like, tell me this lady did not violate my rights. And they're, you know, they're shaking their heads like, yeah. I'm like, she's a criminal. I was like, and she's in your department. I said, uh, I need you guys for my complaint. I said, I need you guys to identify her. I was like, she's in your ranks. And uh, so, I, uh, and they, they wouldn't identify her. So, you know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, they just stick up for their own and, uh, you know, they don't care who they hurt or damage, uh, you know, well, as long as they can get away with it. Uh, and how can you how can you trust an agency to investigate itself when you have exactly. these complaints you know you're trying to send that up the ranks and when the problem is in the administration and when the problem is at the top of those ranks um how how can how can citizens especially native citizens yeah how can we even trust that anything is happening just like with mr tigner yeah uh, you can file a complaint but you have to go farther up the chain than, than you have and 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 make a huge 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 and and I say national but a but a a, a Chickasaw national um mm. event out of it because number one they don't only service Chickasaw members within their facilities yeah and and not only that the American Indian Freedom of Religion Act says that we can do this says that we have these rights and yeah, and if anybody a didn't know this a, a tribally run entity should know these things well yeah. you know i don't i wouldn't call it a tribally run entity it's it's mm -hmm. an ihs facility that's that's federal i mean you're yeah. going all the way up the ladder you know and i mean uh you know i filed a i filed a complaint um with the chickasaw nation medical center um and they investigated themselves, uh, actually took an extra 21 days to investigate themselves, only to return with a letter, um, basically saying that I was at fault um, because uh, they said I never checked in at the front um, and I never told uh, the hospital that I was gonna be burning cedar. And I'm like, I never, I've never had to ask anybody to burn cedar, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like. Like, ever anywhere and I, and I won't ask anybody you know what i'm saying i'm not gonna ask anybody to burn cedar you know that's my right you know what i'm saying yes and uh, i was outside like nobody was uh in harm's way you know what i'm saying to me it was uh uh to me it was uh it's like a spiritual thing as well where uh you know the Double team people in there getting healed, you know, with our, with these prayers that I was coming with, and uh, you know, he tried to stop this, and you know, he used this this non-native uh, employee to come out there and uh, uh, you know try to stop me, and uh, I, I just I, I can't let him stop me, you know. There's people in there hurting. Uh, um, I still try to go up there and pray, you know, for, uh, you know, others, even though, you know, my dad's not there, there's been other family in there or, you know, people just requested me to go up there and pray. And, uh, 
so, you know, I try to do what I can to, you know, help our Indian people and uh, 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 lift them up in that way. And uh, so uh, it, it, it's, uh, it's been very concerning because, uh, you know, I file these complaints and uh, it's like, uh, to me, they've got nothing but uh, white people in there um, in positions, making decisions over uh, uh, native issues. And, you know, these people don't know nothing about, you know, our life and, you know, the struggles that we go through, but yet they're the ones being paid to, you know, make decisions for us. And this is what, and this is what you get from that. You know what I'm saying? When you got those non-natives in there making, uh, you know, decisions about Native Americans' lives, this is what you get. Well, and you so, gotta you gotta hit those non-natives in the only place that they care about, and that's in their pocketbooks. And I guarantee yeah. there's gonna be a lawyer out there looking their chops, looking at this case mm -hmm. because this is this is gonna be this could be big. Yeah, and precedent yeah. setting. Yeah, these law are, but these, you know, these white people, they know the Indian law too. So, you know, they're, they're going to try to hide behind the sovereignty of the Chickasaw Nation. And I see that happening right now. Uh, I, I, the day after this happened, I tried to go to Governor Bill Antubby's office and, you know, speak to him. I, I felt like, hey, you know, a, uh, a, a tribal leader would want to know what's going on within his nation, you know, what's going on with his people and uh, other people visiting his nation, you know, and, uh, you know, and he would take care of it. And so I went to his office the next day. Um, somebody came out and uh, they're like, uh, they're like, somebody will be with you. I told them what happened and they had already known, um, I guess, through the Facebook videos. And so they're like, yeah, we're aware. Um, the governor will send a representative out in, they said about three to five minutes. I ended up waiting over 30 minutes. Nobody ever came out. And so I just, I had to leave and get back to my dad. And so uh, um, I continued to try to reach out to the governor, uh, legislators, all these things. Nobody's answered. Uh, like I said, they just, they, they know this, they know this Indian law and the sovereignty and, you know, they want to hide behind it. Uh, instead of, uh, you know, just doing what's morally right and, uh, uh, you know, making this right. And uh, instead they wanna hide behind these lawyers and, uh, you know, that sovereignty and, uh, and you know, just try to point the finger at me and like, man, I, I did nothing wrong. And uh, I know in my heart, I did nothing wrong. And the video will show you I did nothing wrong. And so, uh, but you know, they, they wanna hide behind these lawyers and, uh, try to find legalities to make it right. You know what I'm saying? What to make their actions right. So they're, you know, they're just, they're protecting this uh, white guy, you know what I'm saying? And his actions instead of, you know, protecting us natives. And uh, that's, that's a big issue. And, uh, you know, I've gotten, I've gotten numerous messages from, you know, uh, from other tribal members, you know, uh, different other natives saying how they've been mistreated at the hospital, um, employees uh, talking about how they were fired for trying to speak up to prevent something like this from happening. And so there, there's a big issue going on up there. Um, and uh, it's, uh, you know, I wrote complaint letters to them and uh, tried to explain to them, you know, what was going on. 
and um, you know, explain to them that they need to be training up either their own tribal members or you know, other natives, you know, to fill these positions that are, you know, that have to do with native issues. I said because I said they've got nothing but white people in there right now, and um, you know, they're they're mistreating natives and they're getting away with it, as you can see. Like, you know, they're all they got to do is write a little letter and say, you know, you were at fault and. You know, this person could continue working and mistreating Indians and getting paid for it. And so um, that's where we're at today. Um, we've uh, held a couple of protests. Um, um, we held one right after my dad's funeral and uh, marched up to the uh, Chickasaw Nation Medical Center. And, uh, you know, we prayed and, uh, you know, just just tried to let them know, hey, we're going to continue to pray no matter what, you know, this is, this is our way of life. This is, you know, our people need this, you know, our land needs healing, you know? And so, uh, you know, it was, it caught, caught a lot of attention um, after we got News Channel 9 there and then um, uh, K10 out of uh, Texas showed up as well. And so it, it started catching a lot of attention and uh, I mean, people were just contacting me left and right. Um, uh, you know, expressing their concerns about, you know, what happened to them or their family members. And, you know, um, so I just uh, uh, feel like, you know, uh, this, uh, we can't let this issue go away. Um, you know, this should never happen on, uh, on any tribal nation, you know, to any, uh, to any uh, Native American, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it, it shouldn't happen to our indigenous people, especially from a non-Native um it's at a native facility that's right yeah well mr deer thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story with us and please please keep us posted we look forward to talking to you again because this is fascinating and and again this is a systemic problem that we have all across indian country and yeah. i think that we need to continue this conversation and we need to really address these white savior issues that we have among our indian communities because white doesn't always mean they're right and it doesn't mean <laughs> that they're always the best and it doesn't mean that they're always the most educated and it doesn't mean that they're they have the most uh, cultural resources to to handle our our native issues so thank you so much for bringing this to the forefront and and reminding us that that we do still need to lend our voices to these very very important issues. Yeah, um, like I like I was telling uh, others, you know, I'm going to continue to protest. Um, you know, if I have to go to their casinos and stand in front of their casinos, uh, if I have to go to their ballpark on opening day and uh, you know uh, protest there. You know, go to their culture centers. I'm gonna be everywhere letting people know what happened and. Uh, uh, this ain't going away. Um, I did. I've hired a legal counsel. Um, we are uh, in the process of completing the complaints uh, to take the step to file a civil lawsuit. So uh, I told my lawyer, you know, we're going to fight this wherever we need to, to uh, uh, get this reconciled, uh, not only for me, but for those others that have been done wrong and to make sure this doesn't happen to anybody in the future. And I'm hoping it raises the flag to all the other tribal nations to, you know, wake up and, uh, you know, protect your people, you know. Uh, there's a lot of that going on, not only within this nation, but other nations, you know, uh, just getting mistreated. It's time for our leaders to step up and, uh, you know, take care of the people, you know, that's that's what they're put in there for. And 
um, it, 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 our people are hurting, you know, there's a pandemic going on and, uh, you know, we've got to deal with stuff like this and uh, it shouldn't be that way. That's so, right. Um, I think, That's I right. thank you guys for having me on and, uh, appreciate your time and letting me get this out there. Uh, it's a very important, uh, issue for uh, all of Indian country. So, um, I hope this, I hope everybody will, uh, you know, uh, let their voices be heard, you know, and not be afraid to, uh, you know, stand up for our rights and ourselves. Because, uh, you know, like I've told others, you know, you don't have to be elected to be a leader for your people. You know what I'm saying? You just got to have your voice and your your confidence and uh, uh, your boldness, you know, and, uh, you know, you can lead them, you know, without being elected. And so it just takes being a good example. So uh, I just want to encourage everybody to, you know, uh, to take care of your communities and uh, your people and uh, you know let's heal our land is you know what we need to do in our communities so, uh, well thank, thank you, you so much thank you everyone for joining us today and this is our brand new format so we hope that you're going to enjoy this we'll talk to mr deer again as he progresses yeah. through this yeah. and uh, yeah contact him make your voice heard and of course you can always contact us here at talk jive radio i'm kelly j lewis with thomas ware the third and mr david deer thank you so much for tuning in everyone you have a great day yahweh thank you